As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. A lot of people have good practical advice on what to look for on a mentor, and that's make sure you do like background checks, and then you get referrals or a couple of phone numbers of people that have worked with that person that you want to work with. How great would it be to buy a piece of institutional quality income-producing commercial buildings? Well, now you can with Building Bits. It's not a REIT or a fund. Building Bits is a new platform for non-accredited investors where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. You can now invest in the same quality assets, which have previously only been available to institutions and wealthy individuals. Once you choose your building on buildingbits.com, you can invest as little as $500 and receive your share of the rents while Building Bits team of real estate pros handles all the management aspects of the building. For the first time, the big corporations in America can actually start paying you. And when the building is sold in the future, the potential appreciation is redistributed to everyone so you don't just get the rental income but also share in the upside. Best of all, since these securities are SEC qualified, they are freely tradable immediately. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of their current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Investors go and more daily investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Lennon, Lee. And first off, best ever listeners and Lennon, hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Sunday. we got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday. And today's guest, Lennon, has gone from being 100% passive to 100% active. And he's going to talk about how he did that so that if you choose to take that path, well, you've got a roadmap. So hello, Lennon. Yo, how's it going, man? Thank you for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. It's been a couple of years of being on the other side as a best ever listener. And now I'm glad to be on this side, sharing some tips and knowledge and lessons learned. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I've known Lennon for three, four years or so. And conservative friend of mine, and yeah, you've been a listener to the show as well. But then a little bit more about Lennon. He is the founder of Build Capital Group, 
He's been involved in the acquisition of over 1,500 units of multifamily real estate with approximate value of $150 million, both as a limited partner as well as a general partner in varying degrees. And he is based in Miami, Florida. So you started out as a passive investor 100%, and now you are an active investor 100%. So the outcome for our conversation ideally would be for listeners who are looking to be more active but are currently passive to give them some tips along the way based on lessons you learned from going passive to active. So what's the best way to start out our conversation? Well, I would say that in order to really understand not only the path uh, of going from passive to active in multifamily, but I guess in life in general, if you want to start a journey, I would have to say start with a goal in mind and then dissect it, know what actions you need to take along the way, and then try to follow that map even though it's going to change along the way. But if the goal is very defined, I think you'll get there one way or the other. When you started out, you had the intention of being active, even though you were a passive investor. Yes. When I started investing as a limited partner or as a passive investor in multifamily real estate, I did so with an operator that I intentionally set out to meet and build a relationship with before I invested. But even before actually investing, I took the time to look at the asset class, understand all the trends and everything related to how it worked and how it was going to be a good investment for me and my family. And I immediately said, well, I not only want to be a passive investor here, but I want to start my journey into actually doing the deals myself. So yes, it was very, very clear from the beginning that I wanted to end up syndicating and sponsoring a big multifamily deal. And the first step that I took, and which I think, obviously, there's no right or wrong, but for me, it definitely was the right step to take starting off. And the first deal that you did passively, was that the one that you invested in one of my deals? Ashcroft yes, deals? correct. Okay. All right. So I want to make yeah, sure. That's, that's cool because I can think about it from my perspective when I was talking to you about that deal. So you were wanting to be active, but you wanted to first learn the ropes from a passive standpoint. So what are some things that you learned while investing passively that you then use to transition into more active investing? Well, initially, the main thing would be understanding how I wanted to be treated as a passive investor, because I knew eventually I would have limited partners or passive investors on the other side that I would have to build a relationship with, communicate with, and provide education and everything in between. So I wanted to have that experience from that side of the business of being totally passive. And I wanted to understand as an investor first, because I did have some capital that I needed to move and I decided to move it into multifamily. So I obviously wanted to get good returns and, and I wanted to know my numbers and everything. So I would have to say that going as a passive investor first allowed me to not only start building a little bit of confidence in the asset class, more so beyond the educational part. I think that was kind of the whole idea I want to understand first before starting to move in or getting a little bit more active. Did you choose the asset class 
and then find the operator or did you find the operator and then I was in multifamily. So then you decided, okay, I'm going to pass my investment. I chose the asset class first. I studied the asset class on itself. And I then actually started looking at the different strategies within the asset class, that strategies that people use to invest, meaning actively buying a duplex to syndicating a 100, 200, 300 unit deals. So I chose the asset class. Then I started looking at the strategies and I was trying to find the right fit for me and for my family's capital, which was the passive investing side. So then I found out about syndication and how we had the opportunity to actually partner up with some proven operators that know the market and they have done this and they have been successful at this. And I decided to go take that route. So you invested passively in how many deals did you invest passively in? I invest passively or as a limited, well, now I can't say it's this passively, but as a limited partner, I invest, I would say on 90% of the deals that I've done. And I've done seven deals now I've been involved in. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say at least six of them, I'm a passive or limited partner. Okay. So you were a passive LP in six of them. And there's a big difference from passively investing in a deal and learning things along the way to actually putting an entire deal together and bringing your own investors. I mean, that's a A to Z leap. So help us see how you went from A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, H, A, all the way to Z, because those are yeah. the two extremes. And a lot of people would love to learn about what you did to get there. Yeah, definitely. So the first thing I did was to get a mentor. In my case, it was a favorite. And in my particular case, it was you on your, your consulting program. But in general, I would say that's a very, very important step to take because a lot of people are afraid to pay for mentorship and they, that, that, sometimes they don't believe it's, uh, it's, I guess, fair. But I do think there's a lot of value in it and it accelerates the learning curve on this business, which is a very, very sophisticated business with all the things, the moving parts that are going on. So that helped me. So again, that intentionality of, okay, I'm going to start passive, but I want to get there as fast as possible. To the other side, the step that I took was to actually get a paid mentor and that was going to show me ropes and that was actually doing what I wanted to do at a high level. And combined with that, two things. The key to the whole thing, it's based on the relationship building. So focused on really building a trust-based relationship because that focus allowed me to open the doors to actually starting becoming an active investor, joining the general partnership side of these deals and bringing my investors and then eventually building more and more partnerships, building a network, ending up closing last month on 138 units that we syndicated. That's me and a couple of partners. So let's dig into the trust-based relationships because I think from a mentorship standpoint, well, All right, let's dig into both those components, but I want to focus more on the trust-based relationships and learn exactly what you did there. But from a mentorship standpoint, what should people look for in a mentorship program and what is maybe some things to watch out for? Yeah, the way I want to angle that I want to tag this, I would say, is a little bit more higher level because a lot of people have good practical advice on what to look for on a mentor and that's make sure you do like background checks 
and then you get referrals or a couple of phone numbers of people that have worked with that person that you want to work with or potentially work with. And then not only talk to them, but then ask them who they know that have worked with these other guys. So take it a little bit further. And I think this is something that actually I listen to Tim Ferriss a lot. And this is something that he recommends. Just to take it one or two steps further from that first referral that they gave you to further your due diligence on the person and check for their track record, understand their business model in terms of the numbers and the systems that they have in place. And all that, I think it's fair and obviously it's required or should be anyway. But at the end of the day, I believe that it boils down to trust or the relationship on a little bit of more of a personal level that you end up building with that person because ultimately there's a lot of people out there teaching or mentoring or with coaching or consulting programs that are very well prepared. They have a good track record. They have good systems in place. They differentiate themselves maybe by focusing on different aspects of the business a little bit more. But ultimately, they're all good people or good consultants or coaches. What you want to do and identify is who you identify with in terms of, okay, I understand this person has the integrity and I trust this person more than I trust this other guy just because maybe you you get along better. I think that in my particular case, that was very important. So that personal touch and personal feel to me was paramount, especially getting started. So I actually, if you remember, Joe, I'm in Miami. I actually flew to San Francisco all the way there to meet with you in person and spend a couple of days with you That's and understand wild. who you were. I forgot yeah. about that at the Jay Martin's conference. Yeah, correct. Right. Exactly. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I look at it that way and I identify with you as a person first and then I got into the details. Okay, let's see what you guys have done. Show me your track record, how you do deals and all that. But only after I actually knew I liked you and knew you had integrity and everything else fell into place there. So uh, 100% passive to 100% active, what specific relationships, and I'm not looking for people's names, but I'm looking for more mm-hmm. roles. What roles do you need to fill in order to have the right team in place to be 100% active? Well, first of all, you need to understand what value you can bring to the table. In my particular case, luckily I had, like I said before, I was moving a small portfolio of properties that we had here in Miami. And I started to move the capital or I had planned to move the capital into multifamily. So I said, well, I have a little bit of capital that I can leverage uh, and say I build a relationship with operators local in Texas, Ashcroft Capital being one of them and the first one. But then another partner in San Antonio that actually in that particular case, for example, they were needing someone to provide earnest money to get the deal to the closing table, basically, or under contract, really. And uh, they were able to offer me a partnership under that structure where I brought the earnest money. I was helping them basically control the deal. And I actually joined the general partnership with them. I also started raising capital from my investors network for that deal. And I started marketing the project and working on all my ongoing investor relations on all those deals. So there's a different aspects for the deal. Like if you don't have the capital, maybe some people come in and say, well, I have the deal, but I don't have the experience. So 
you can join forces with a more experienced group. For example, marketing, there's a lot of groups out there that they're very good operators, but they are maybe a little bit lacking in terms of their marketing strategies, not only for their company, but for certain materials, for sending the, the investments and, and the PPM and all this. So I've known people that they actually very, very good at marketing and design and all that. And they bring this value to the table and say, well, if I can get on the general partnership side, even if it's with a small share, I can actually take care of all your investor presentations to make sure or to try to guarantee that you're going to have a better result when it comes to capital raising. I never thought about that. Thanks for bringing it up. I've never thought of a passive investor using their marketing skills to get in on a GP side to help an operator who's already got some track record, but they need to maybe shift their focus from institutional money to private high net worth individuals, or they just want to scale their network. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. So I think the key is to really understand at what level the operator or the syndicator that you're trying to partner with is at in terms of, okay, do they really need capital? Because I can raise a little bit of capital, but maybe they're not looking for that. But maybe they're an you know, old school company. They have all the money they need, but they, again, they probably need a little bit of help with the marketing aspect. And if you do the deal right, and you might be able to get a share of the general partnership and get involved through that avenue. So again, there's different avenues. In my particular case, it was raising capital from my network and providing some earnest money deposits and, and all that for these deals. So you leveraged what you could bring to the table and then you used that as a way, which was money for earnest money to then get in the general partnership. But in order to come across that opportunity, you met them through the mentorship program, right? Those, those, uh, yeah. those guys. Okay. So you joined the mentorship program, then you networked and built relationships with people. And then people in that program had a need. You had a way to fulfill that need. So you got in a deal. So now you're from 100% passive to now, okay, now you're getting more active. You got in a deal through selling some properties to bring that earnest money. And also now that you're in the deal, you can bring your investors into the deal because you're a general partner in the deal. So then you became even more active because you're now bringing investors into the deal. So now you're at this point in time, you're partnering up with a group on a deal and then how do you make the evolution from being invited into a deal versus now you'll want to have the deal yourself and put all the pieces in place? How did you get to that point, make that jump? Well, it's all relationship-based. And obviously, as you get more active in the industry, you're going to start building relationships and networking with people that are at your same level and that have similar goals and similar vision for their companies. So if you have the intention, you're going to eventually end up finding the right partners. And the beauty of our business model, if you will, meaning the way we acquire properties via syndication is that the structure is very, very flexible. So you can do a deal with a few partners and then the next deal you can do it with different partners until you actually maybe find a partner or a group of partners that you want to stick with for more years. But even then, you always have that flexibility. So in my particular case, I 
first didn't have the want of actually being an operator myself, but instead I liked the part of being on the investor relations side and equity raising. So I said, well, for now, I'm going to continue to do deals on a somewhat active, meaning, yes, I'm active because I'm raising capital, doing marketing, investor relations and all that, but I'm not talking to brokers and finding deals and underwriting myself. So I'm going to stick to that because I always look at everything that I do from a passive investor perspective first, because that's what I am first. So I wanted to set out to build what I like to call a curated network of operating partners with whom I could, under the same structure and flexibility, partner up with on the GP side and do more deals and offer my investors the opportunity to actually not get stuck with just me as an operator, but okay, when I have my deals, we'll get it done. But we also have these other partners that we work with. So the way I ended up actually doing and pursuing a deal and syndicating a deal was by sheer luck. I started talking with a friend out of Dallas, actually. We started talking about marketing, how to put together a thought leadership platform for immigrant investors and for the millennial type investors. That was the first conversation. And we actually ended up understanding that we had different skill sets. He was more on the financial and underwriting, and he was very active on building broker relationships and all that. And I was more active on the other aspect of the business. So we understood, okay, we might have something here. We later started talking with our third partner. He was actually one of my first investors on the first deal that I participated as a general partner. What did you need him for? Well, Basically, my first partner and I, younger guy, very, very active and oriented more on the, me personally, oriented more on the marketing side in that aspect. And my other partner, he was on the financial side. So we needed someone to bring, first of all, the gray hair to the table that obviously provides credibility to our team because he has a very, very good track record of being involved in businesses and in the corporate world as well. So he brought, I would say, the balance to the table and a lot of the processes and systems building knowledge that it's very, very important in our business. So he brought the compliment what we were lacking and that partnership came to fruition and we were able to start focusing on a particular market that we liked. Then we build a broker relationship, build a team until we found the right deal and then we were able to get it on the contract. So that is how you went from 100% passive to 100% active. Lennon, how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? Well, I'm very active on Instagram. The handle is the multifamily investor. But I actually also wrote an ebook recently that I would like to share with the audience. If you go to bldcapitalgroup.com, you're going to be able to download the free ebook that's specifically written more for the passive investor that's starting and it's going to save them a bunch of learning time and not only will they get the ebook but we're doing actually bi-weekly newsletters that basically take the concepts that we learn on the ebook and we talk about how we are either applying them on our active deals but also lessons learned from that and basically peels the lid back on all the concepts that we share on the book. So again, that's bldcapitalgroup.com forward slash join.
Awesome. Well, Lennon, thank you for being on the show, talking to us about the importance of trust-based relationships as well as getting yourself in a community. So first, knowing what you want. Start with a goal in mind, as you said. Then get yourself connected with a community of people who are doing what you want to do. Build trust-based relationships with them. Identify what value you can bring to the table. Then bring it and continue to build those relationships and put the pieces in place. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Like the idea of REITs but don't like the multiple layers of hidden fees, limited transparency, and no ability to choose the specific property that you'll be investing in? Building Bits is here to help. With a REIT, others choose the properties your money goes into based on their criteria, not yours. With Building Bits, not only can you choose the property and location, but they are fully transparent and show you every aspect of the current and future cash flows. Oh, and that building you selected in that up-and-coming market, when it sells after the market grows, you will receive your pro rata share of any potential appreciation. Get started today with Building Bits for as little as $500. Go to buybits.us forward slash choose for more information. The offering circular is available at buildingbits.com.